As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. Where we're investing for the long term, holding on to these properties for a long time. And the way you don't lose money by renting out long term is by getting at least $250 or more in passive income coming in your pocket every single month. If you're a passive investor wanting to learn more about questions to ask sponsors in order to qualify the opportunities, in order to qualify the sponsor, in order to qualify the market that the property is in, then go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. My team and I created this site just for you so that there is a free resource available to you to learn about the questions to ask, the things to think through prior to investing in deals. So go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. It's a free resource for you that was made just for you. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Dustin Heiner. How you doing, Dustin? I'm great, Joe. How are you? I am doing well and welcome and looking forward to our conversation a little bit about Dustin. He is the host of the Master Passive Income Podcast. He's an active real estate investor who quit his job at 37 thanks to his rental property investing based in Peoria, Arizona. With that being said, Dustin, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Sure. When I was 25 years old, I realized that I was working an hour and getting paid for that hour, basically earning money. And I thought there has to be something better. So I read a really good book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which probably most people have heard of. Never heard of that one. Exactly. <laughs> so I learned about passive income and I realized, man, I'm not a singer. I can't play the guitar. You know, I can't do anything creative. So I got to figure out another way. And I started looking into other businesses. So I started like a retail shop, actual business. I sold that a couple of years later. I had a skateboard manufacturing business. I had a graphic design company. I had so many other businesses. And then I started a business doing real estate rental properties. And what was super awesome was that the best thing that made me the most money, it made me work the least was real estate. So I got rid of every other business and I continued with real estate. So I started buying property after property. When I was 27 years old, I made a decision that when I'm 37, so 10 years from now, I'm going to quit my job no matter what. And I was so excited that after nine years of investing, I finally quit my job. And when I was 37 years old, I was completely successfully unemployed and I continued to build my business. Now I teach people how to invest in real estate and rental properties. So I don't do flipping. I don't do wholesaling. It's solely real estate rental properties. 
Okay. That makes sense. And quite the entrepreneurial background with the different businesses, retail shop, skateboard manufacturing, graphic design, and rental properties. How many rental properties did you have at age 37? I want to say it was 29, I think 28. Wow. Quite the portfolio. Were they all single family homes? Single family homes and majority of them did not have a mortgage on them. I was able to buy them and sacrifice and not go on vacation and just buy more. And my wife is really risk averse. So I had to prove to her that, that the business worked. And a big thing was to not get too much leverage. I used leverage, but at the same time, I used savings. I started with $17,000. And then when I was 27 years old, when I first started, and in the end, I was able to pay off all the mortgages. And now I think I have 35 or 36 properties. I buy and sell. So I just a little while ago, I bought three single family homes and a duplex from an investor. It was a great deal. Seller financing on top of it as well. So it worked out really, really well. How did you accelerate the pay down of a lot of those 29 properties when you were 37 years old? The fantastic thing is, is passive income just keeps rolling in. I can't stop it from coming in. It just keeps coming in. So the more properties have I you, buy- Have you tried to stop it? <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think I ever will. My wife, she would not be happy if I did that. <laughs> So I just had so much money coming in. And as I was about to quit my job, she and I were looking at our finances and seeing, well, we have plenty of money coming in. We don't need to pay them off, but we don't need to buy any properties. If we basically used half of our savings to pay off the mortgages, if we did that, we can still continue to build the business because we have plenty of cash to keep building the business. But at the same time, we would have thousands of dollars saving in our pocket from not paying a mortgage. And so we did that and it's been a little over two years now and praise the Lord, it's been fantastic. I, I absolutely super excited to never work a job again. So you use savings that you had from your W-2 or other ventures to pay down the mortgages. Did I hear that right? It was savings from my passive income. So obviously working a job until I actually quit my job, I had my job. I was making like $75,000 a year, but I also had my business where I was making tens of thousands of dollars a month. And so I was saving that up and I sold the property, which gave me a good amount of money as well. And I was able to pay off a good amount of mortgages. So the passive income from the properties was helping, but it sounds like the big chunk that came to pay down those property mortgages came from your side businesses, the retail shop, the manufacturing, skateboards, graphic design. Is that accurate? No, absolutely not. I was losing money in the real estate. What did you, you just say made tens of thousands a month? My real estate, the rental properties. Your rental properties. Okay. So they made tens of thousands a month. So how many tens of thousands they make a month? At the time, it was 15. They're making 15,000 a month. Wow. Those are some good properties. So each property was netting over $500 a month in profit? Yeah. And as I would buy a property, if you didn't have a mortgage, then that's all that money coming in your pocket as well. So we really literally sacrificed. Like my one vacation a year was taking my family from California to Phoenix, where I currently live in Phoenix now, but I used to live in California. We would drive all the way to Phoenix to visit my wife's parents and then drive back. That's our one vacation a year. We wouldn't go to Disneyland. We wouldn't do anything because every penny that went out, I thought I can't use that money to buy a property. So I kept buying more and more properties and sacrificing. So I had enough to quit my job. Let's talk about some of these properties. That's some good stuff because I own four, three single family homes. I switched apartments, but I originally bought three single family homes and those puppies don't get anywhere close to $500 a month. So give us some numbers on a couple deals within the 29 unit portfolio. Okay. So I run the gamut from, actually, when I first started, it was in 2007. You know, the prices were crazy in 2007. Sure. So I was in California too. And I realized that 
I would not be making any cash flow from a property that I bought in California. At least it'd be very, very hard. So I started looking all around and this was, like I said, 2007, I looked out of the state and I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have anybody showing me. I just realized I need to buy something. I just need to make a change. So of all places, I found a place in Ohio and bought my first property. It was $17,000 cash that I bought the house for and it rented for 550. I still own it rented for $550 a month. So from that property, I had a property manager. They charged, I think 10%. So it's only about 55 bucks a month property taxes, insurance. So I was pocketing about $400 a month from that one property. So that $400 a month from the one property realized, my goodness, I need more of these. So I kept buying more really inexpensive homes. Now there's a downside. I wrote a blog post and actually did a podcast episode on this. Yeah, it is high turnover, high expenses as well. So I figured out a way to mitigate all those things. And because I knew I was going to quit my job, I wanted to make sure I had a steady income. And I figured out a way to make it really, really steady from these cheaper homes. Since then, I graduated to more expensive homes, invest in Texas as well. So it's just as an investor, I just buy any property that is a good investment that's going to be making money. I love that example. So let's get into some specifics. What is your solution to a high turnover and expenses for low-income properties? There's a couple of things that come to mind. The biggest one, you're going to know this, and this is go into one of your questions you normally ask, but running your business like a business. And if you have one rental property, you need to treat it like a business. If you don't pay your mortgage, your bank's going to come after you. So same thing. If you have one rental property, it's like my grandma or my aunt, so I don't want to kick them out or anything like that. You can do that, but you're going to lose money in my opinion. So what I had to do is I had to implement systems in place that when people stop paying, you need to evict them. So not just that, but finding good tenants. So pretty sure all your listeners are smart. And so they do background checks. But a big one is in the rougher areas of the cheaper price homes, your property manager might say, well, the people won't pay for an application fee for the background check. So they'll do a background check, but they don't want to pay for it. Well, my opinion, that $30 for a background check is going to save you $1,500 to $2,000 in an eviction. So pay the $30 on your own if they're not going to pay it. So I've screened out so many people from being bad tenants. And one lady, her application looked fantastic. So I did the background check and it turns out she was lying on everything. She had been evicted four times in the last three years. And I said, I'm not going to be the fifth. So I didn't put her in there. If I just went on the application, she'd be in there and then out in three months and I'd be evicting her. So that's another huge one is doing a background check. But here's one that I would say is one of the better, not better, tool that you need to have when you're investing in these cheaper homes is every market has a low, middle, and high price of homes, but also rent and how much you could rent it for. In the places where there's higher turnover, cheaper homes, people move as if it's like changing their shirts. Like, oh, it could just up and move and they'll leave all their stuff and go move. And I don't understand it. It's just how it works out. So what I found is they'll move for $25. You know, if I'm renting it for $550 and another place down the street is $525 and they're going to just move for that, I went, wow, that's a bummer. Like the lowest $500, the highest $600, middle is $550. I was renting in the middle. So I realized, well, I got to be like $520 or $525, even just $25. To us, it's a lot of money. We know $25 is a lot of money. But for them that is living in these homes that only rent for $550, that's a ton of money. So that's a number of other things I would suggest that in order to do these cheaper homes and work and have businesses in these areas, you have to implement these systems that in the mindset of your tenant to make sure they stay there, take care of the property, and then they don't have high turnover. So that second point was be one of the cheaper options. 
Correct. Obviously, good property. You want to be a livable property, a good property, but you want to price it so that they don't see a new shiny object or a new shiny house. Oh, it's just $25 cheaper over there. Let me just move. So the first place was seventeen k. Where in Ohio was it? Youngstown, Ohio. You still have it? Yes, I still do. All right. So that was the first place. You live in Peoria, Arizona. It's basically Phoenix. Thank you. You live basically Phoenix. Where was your second property purchase? I would say 19 of my properties were in Ohio, and I branched out from Youngstown to Akron and Cleveland. So that's where the majority of the properties are currently. How did you find them? It was actually really funny. When I first started investing, Zillow basically just came out. So I was using Zillow. I was using some MLS. But I looked on eBay. For some reason, I found a property on eBay. And it was a duplex. And at the time in 2007, a duplex in Youngstown, they were trying to sell it for 45000 I thought, wow, for California, that'd be a cheap place. But I don't know if it's good or not. So I realized after I flew out there, and since then, 35 plus properties, I've literally only seen one of them before I bought it, and I've only seen two total, including that one. All the other ones, I rely on other people, their eyes and ears and all that sort of stuff. But in finding that property on eBay, I flew out there and I checked out the property. It turned out that $45,000 was way too much. It should have been like $30,000. <laughs> so I was like, wow, I'm glad I figured that out. So like I said, 19 of my properties started in, actually, it was probably 15 in Youngstown. Then I branched out to Akron and Cleveland, Maple Heights, and things like that. You had 19 in Ohio and average purchase price was what? I was gobbling them up. And this is a big reason why I was able to accelerate the passive income and the properties I was buying in a few short years is as soon as the market turned, prices dropped. You're going to laugh, but the cheapest home that I bought, and I'll give you a quick story on that. So it was an REO. A bank was selling it for $20,000. I put an offer, you know, I don't care about bank's feelings. I just want a good price. So I know I want to negotiate. My goal would be like about twelve dollars to $13,000. I really want it to come down. So I put an offer in for $6,500. Like they didn't counter anything like that. They just didn't even reply. And six months later, I get a call from my realtor. Hey, is that offer for $6,500? It's that's still on the table. I said, sure it is. So I bought the house for $6,500. So the average price in the area in 2010 and 2011 I wanted to get into a property, having it rented, fixed up and everything for $12,000 or below. So I'd say about 15 of my properties were like that. And that was my business model. And I taught so many of my friends how to do it. and They were doing really well. But since then, the market's gone up. Now, the home that I bought for $6,500, I think it's worth 30000 or something like that now. So with the depressed market, I was able to gobble up a ton of properties. What's it rent for? $450. $450. It sounds like the rents were all around four to five hundred, maybe five fifty, six hundred. So, how are you netting in profit five hundred dollars with these rents so low, plus not even factoring in the turnover costs? Sure. Each one of those properties, I progressively got better, and as time went on, by the time I quit my job, they're renting for seven hundred fifty dollars. Plus, I had properties in Akron. Ohio as well, and Cleveland, Ohio, where Cleveland, they rent for around $1,100. So by the time I was six years of investing, I had 19 properties. But by the time I quit my job, I think I had 28. So I included, obviously, all the other properties. Okay. And what was your job? I worked at the Fresno County government. I worked as a systems and procedures analyst for the sheriff's department. And you have clearly developed a system for your investing, too. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Okay, cool. Well, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? It's going to be super easy to say, and people are going to be like, oh, that's common sense, but at the same time to actually do it. So my absolute best advice is don't lose money. Absolutely. Just like I said, it's going to make common sense, but 
Don't lose money. And when you're buying a rental property, what I suggest to all my students and the way that you don't lose money is you buy it right. Number one, you make your money when you buy it, you realize when you sell it, but we're investing for the long term, holding on to these properties for a long time. And the way you don't lose money by renting out long term is by getting at least $250 or more in passive income coming in your pocket every single month. If you invest and you just make $50 or $100, if you have a furnace go out, then that goes your entire year of profits or a roof or a leak or something like that. So you have a good chance of mitigating any loss of an entire year of profits if you shoot for $250 or more in profits. So with that, if you don't live in an area that you can do that, which I didn't when I lived in California, I would suggest from there investing in another state. And if you invest in another state that has a good price to rent ratio, you need to hire a good property manager from there, get good tenants, and then also run the business like a business. So that all goes together. Do you have any other tips for decreasing tenant turnover? And before you answer that, just so I'm summarizing your business model, just as far as I can tell, you used to buy a property as lower end. Perhaps that's increased now, it sounds like. And then you make sure they're qualified with background checks and whatever else. And then you purchase and then you keep the rents on the cheaper end relative to the competition so that these residents stay there longer. But I imagine even with those two things implemented, turnover costs will eat up a lot of that profit So any additional tips you have for decreasing turnover costs with these types of rentals? Yeah, a couple of things come to mind. Having a good property manager is really going to help mitigate any problems and being proactive where your property manager is letting the tenants know and consistently letting the tenants know. If there's an issue, let us know. We don't want you to have something leaking for a month straight. If, If there's a leak in the roof or there's something, but basically being proactive. So the cheaper homes, there's a number of reasons why they're cheaper, but they're also older homes. So there's a lot of issues with the property. So number one, you're keeping the property good and in good standing and good shape. If you have the tenants be proactive, letting the property manager know about issues, but then you're also making sure that the tenants are not necessarily happy, but that the property is taken care of, that they're appreciated. Hey, we value you as a tenant. We're going to take care of you. Let us know if there's issues. We want to make sure we get things taken care of. So that's one of the biggest ones. And so that kind of goes hand in hand with taking care of your tenants, making sure that the tenants aren't living in, because I was just working with a student yesterday. She was looking at in Detroit to start buying properties. And some of them look like there's a ton of work. I mean, literally $15,000 just to make it where you can pallet walking in there, not making it look good. So they were asking $10,000 for it. I said, well, if they give me the property, then I might take it and fix it up. So you can just get it barely able to have somebody live in it, but a tenant's not going to be happy. They're not going to be like, this is a place I want to stay. So not making it the prettiest girl to take to the prom. You don't want that. You want it to be where it's in good standing with the other properties in the area, making sure that it's comparable to the other properties. Like if there's no granite countertops in the homes, I personally wouldn't spend that money for a granite countertop, but I would put a nice Formica or something, a granite countertop, but I wouldn't leave one in that has holes or chips or stains or burns from previous tenants. So taking care of the tenants is one of the best ways to make sure that they stay in there. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? I sure am. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. If you're a passive investor and want to learn more about Ashcroft Capital, the company I co-founded with my business partner, Frank, and in particular, want to learn more about our strategy and how we think about the opportunities that we purchase, 
go to ashcroftcapital.com and click the strategy button above and you'll be able to read through our thought process we use when we're purchasing multifamily properties. Are you interested in getting started in real estate syndication but don't know how? My friend Whitney Sewell is the host of the Daily Real Estate Syndication Show podcast. He interviews top experts in the industry to help you learn the cutting edge tools and strategies of the syndication business. You can find Whitney and his podcast at lifebridgecapital.com. Best ever book you've recently read? Best ever book is Richest Man in Babylon. Best ever deal you've done? The one I mentioned a little bit earlier, I bought three single family homes and a duplex from another investor who wanted to get out. He had a wine business. I bought it. I had $25,000 cash put down. The rest is seller financing, and I make $1,200 for $1,500 a month on the properties. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction? Losing money. Well, losing money, number one, and not running it like a business. So if you don't run it like a business, then you're just going to lose money because tenants will take advantage of you. What's a deal where you lost money? In buying the property, no. I've never lost money in buying a property because I don't buy for appreciation. I buy for long term. So where I lost money is where somebody sat in the property for six months as opposed to two when they should have been kicked out. Mm. Best ever way you like to give back? I love helping people. Hopefully it comes across. I'm really passionate about real estate because it's changed my life so dramatically where I literally don't have to work a job. So I love talking to people and, and even coaching people. Before I even started coaching with Master Passive Income, I was just helping friends and family because they were saying, hey, you're quitting your job. How in the world did you do that? And I said, hey, let me show you. And so I just love, 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 love sharing and talking about it and helping people to do the exact same thing. And how can the best ever listeners learn more about what you got going on? I have my podcast and my website. So masterpassiveincome.com is where you can go check out everything, the coaching or my podcast. But I have my podcast as well, Master Passive Income Podcast, where I talk and I interview people. It's mostly me sharing, but everything about rental properties, not flipping or anything like that. We talk all about rental properties. Dustin, thanks for being on the show, talking about your business approach and your business model for how you purchase homes and what you look for and finding the initial properties off of eBay and then building a system that you like that works for you and getting the cash flow. So thanks again for being on the show. Hope you have the best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Joe. I really appreciate it. Are you interested in getting started in real estate syndication but don't know how? My friend Whitney Sewell is the host of the Daily Real Estate Syndication Show podcast. He interviews top experts in the industry to help you learn the cutting edge tools and strategies of the syndication business. You can find Whitney and his podcast at lifebridgecapital.com.